0: welcome to welcome the gun show i am joined by terek hello everybody and garrett hey everyone and uh tonight we're going to attempt to talk about a topic that is not very well defined so we'll see where it goes um but t and i have both had some some interesting observations around uh carry gear and how unforgiving it can be under certain circumstances Um, and we'd like to one, share, share our, our recent experiences with this stuff, but two, have a little bit of a discussion, see if we can figure out some, some, some reasons behind what's happening and, uh, perhaps some solutions going forward. Um, and then Gaz is probably going to listen and hopefully tell us where we're fucking up because he is the better shooter here, Uh, allegedly. Was that right. a laugh or are you trying to say something? I just said already. Okay, cool. Um, so, T, you want to kick off with my stuff or you want to kick off with your stuff and then see where we go?
1: Should we kick off with your stuff? Because I thought that, I mean, I think that was a, this is a very sort of eye opening, if you'll pardon the pun. Uh, <laughs> um, cool. Interesting thing.
0: So let's, let's kick off with that. Um I have over the last sort of three weeks seen a noticeable decline in uh, my eyesight. Um, I originally thought it was, uh, I, I noticed it in front of the computer cause that's where I work. Um, I originally thought it was a glare issue on the screens, uh, or porn, as T is pointing out, going blind from that. Um, <laughs> I initially thought it was glare that was causing me at least, discomfort in trying to focus and read text. Um, I then moved my entire office around. Place is still a disaster area, and nothing improved. Even though the screens were no longer in a position where there was any glare on them, um, I then, over the next couple of days, noticed that uh, I was having the same issues with stuff that wasn't computer screens. So when I was driving around, I was having more difficulty reading uh, things like uh, like advertising signs um i was having more difficulty reading on my kindle or reading physical books um i was having difficulty watching tv issues with headaches and things um and that brings us to last week's saturday's match so no. last week uh friday no, 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 no. i went <laughs> yeah you i think you froze i hope you froze because if it was me it's a problem
2: uh, <laughs> guess who froze i think it was you this time T.
0: Okay, okay cool we can just keep going. Um, I went for an eye test on I think Friday last week. Um, they did some tests. They determined that even though my eyesight had deteriorated, um, it doesn't look like it is because my eyes have deteriorated. They believe, and this seems plausible, or seems correct, that the muscles that control your your shape of your eye uh, and aid you in focusing, especially on stuff that's near. Um, is in spasm and as a result it's it's my eyes aren't focusing um, or they're focusing in completely the wrong place or they're taking very long to focus when I eventually get the focus um, rapidly fatiguing uh, from, from reading or trying to shoot guns so trying to, trying to see a front sight turned out to be a major issue so for last week's Saturday's match I was going to shoot classic which is what I always shoot from an my normal competition rig. Um, I then decided that I was probably not going to attend the match because I wasn't feeling up to it uh, because of eyesight issues and fatigue and headaches and things. Um, I decided to go in the end. I ended up shooting my carry gear instead of shooting my competition gear. Um, The idea behind that was, while I was not going to have a really great day shooting anyway, I might as well test some stuff. And the sights on my carry gun are... Easier to see because I'm running Trigicon HCS on those uh, as opposed to a, a really thin posted uh, fiber with, with a really thin rod. So some observations, and T will be able to jump in here. He was at that match and he was observing as as the RO, so he saw me do stuff. Um, my recollection might not be entirely correct because, like I said, fatigue, headaches, unable to focus, all sorts of issues.
1: I live in amnesia.
0: Is that too? For um, the
1: record, Cornel had a malfunction that he still has absolutely no recollection of.
0: But I fixed it.
2: Well, if you fixed it, that's a good thing.
0: <laughs> I fixed it. And then at the end, he's like, you had some issues there. I'm like, the fuck I did? He's like, no, no, you did. I'm like, fuck off. I didn't have issues. And then someone hands me the round that I racked out the gun. He's like, you had issues. <laughs> 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 fuck.
2: <laughs> I did yeah well, uh, our functions clearance becomes subconscious
0: exactly so um what we've well some of the things i observed is uh, and t you can talk about weapons manipulation because you were observing it from the outside i'm not going to touch on that i'm not going to touch on that greatly my draws were okay they were not spectacularly good they were okay uh, coming from concealment. My reloads were okay coming from concealment um, based on the other issues that I was having. My ability to shoot targets where I could entirely target focus wasn't bad. Um, I bled some points on some stuff where it was a little bit further out, uh, where, where vision started to matter. And I really struggled on steel. Um, like I couldn't hit small plates uh, even at distances where, distances where I would consider them to be easy and easy enough to normally shoot on the move. Um, I would fire many, many rounds at them from a stationary position and would be unable to hit them. Um, yeah, it, it was an interesting observation, um, And this is probably where the red dot thing comes in um, I was able to see a fuzzy, blurry, blobby outline of the Trigicon HD's front sights because of that high-vers area. Um, I was not able to see the, uh, the rear sights pretty much. Um, and I really wasn't able to properly discern um, iron sight centering within the rear sight. So I couldn't really tell whether I was properly aligning with the front sight and the rear sight, and properly aligning to the target. Um, again, paper, pretty big stuff, not a great distance, like twelve meters and in. Not really, not really a great, great issue. Um, smaller stuff, higher, higher accuracy standard, massive failures. You um, I'm gonna hop in there.
1: Yeah. So. Obviously, observing from the outside and, and looking at this from a defensive point of view, there were there are a couple of sort of interesting standout things. Um, one, one, one is, as as has mentioned, was was to not put too too far a point on it. A massive degradation in accuracy. Uh is generally a pretty accurate shooter. Um, in fact, Kuna is generally a, a, a very accurate shooter, uh, and there were there were a lot of misses there were a lot of peripheral hits there was there was a definite sort of um, issue with accuracy and 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 as he mentioned that that was particularly noticeable on steel um with a fair amount of of plates needing to you know ended up in, ending up being left standing which made sense for, for for the game but if we transfer this to to sort of defensive stuff you know I'm, I'm kind of of the opinion that if, if with, with a defensive gun, when a defensive sort of situation, anything that misses the A zone on the sort of targets we shoot is for all intents and purposes a miss. Um, you know, uh, you know a, a, a C zone hit or a minus one on IDPA target is really sort of a, a peripheral hit that's not going to have a mass, massive effect on the fight. Um, you know, if, if we liken things like the plates to things like headshots, um and, and and bearing in mind that that in a defensive and, and i'm not i'm not saying any of this to make to make fun or make light of cornnell's thing it's, it was uh, we discussed discussing this in the show mm-hmm. as a as a lessons learned thing and and I'm really glad corn was was willing to kind of um bear his soul a little bit on this one um but you know those if if we think about it defensively. Uh, there's no such thing as a miss. There's just an unintended hit. Um, so all those shots fired at a hedge size target at a, at a headshot sort of size distance that didn't hit um, would go somewhere. Uh, related to that, and, and this is where this cascade got more concerning, was um, as a general rule, I, I saw Konami make more... More mistakes um, with regards to sort of firearm manipulation than, like, dramatically more than the norm, uh, and I think this is where the, the the lessons need to come in. One, you know, those those wonderful, uh, well, on, on sort of a, a, a macro level, all that stuff that works fantastically when the suns, you know, the sun shining it's impossibly blue skies and fluffy white clouds and the, and the trees bring us beer like Pat Rogers used to joke about. Um, the the stuff that works there may not necessarily work where where, where things start falling apart. Um, you know, if, if, if we think about sights, a fair amount of guys are carrying guns with, with fiber optic sights with a really nice sight picture on a sunny day on a range um, where... Those sites for Cornelia that day, and, and this wasn't a fight. So this was it was was even without the pressure of a fight, just with a with a a, a not completely out there physiological issue, you know, sort of a, a health issue. Um, I, I'm guessing would probably have been invisible to you, Corn.
0: Um, oh yeah, I I didn't shoot my competition guns because I attempted to do a little bit of dry fire. The day before, when I was considering not going, and I couldn't see the sights on my competition guns. The front fibers are just one not obvious enough; they're not bright enough, and two, the front blades are just too thin. Um, so even if you have a, a brightish fiber on there, I probably wouldn't be able to. I couldn't align the HD's front sight to rear sight, um, and there is some contrast there. I definitely wouldn't have been able to to do that with uh with a blacked out site or a or a small thin fiber post it just wouldn't have been possible
1: and the hds are probably some of the most visible sites out there um so that's that's something we need to consider you know and 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 we can expand you know Cornell had the weird issue with his eyes but we could expand if, if you're someone who, who generally wears, wears glasses to correct their vision so that they can see their sights um you know it, it's possible you could get into a fight where your glasses get knocked off or, or you don't have them with you um in, in the famous 1986 uh, fbi gunfight in miami um, the best pistol shooter who was you know uh with, with the guys um agent ben Gro- grogan um couldn't see his sight, and, and, and some stories have claimed that sort of his last words were, where is, where is everyone? So you had the dude, you had a bunch of guys with revolvers. He and Jerry Dove were the only guys there with, with high-capacity semi-automatic pistols. He was, you know, if our pistol team member or whatnot. I'd have to check the exact details, but he was famously one of the best shooters there, or well, probably the best shooter there and one of the best shooters in the FBI. Um and losing his glasses when when the cars collided, um, completely reduced his effectiveness to the point that he was unfortunately murdered by uh, by I think it was Platt. Um, so it could, I I know of a reasonable amount of people who've been um, had home invasions or similar sort of crimes where uh, the bad guys pepper sprayed them. Um, uh, as I say, you could lose your glasses, you you could, as has happened to a couple of people we know recently, be cycling and get smashed off your bike and smash your head. Um, so we need to make sure that, that the gear we've got is going to work, is going to be robust enough, not just physically, but it's going to be a sort of robust solution to problems like that. Um, so that if if your eyesight isn't optimal, if it's Three o'clock in the morning, and you've woken up, and you 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 haven't put your glasses on, and the light isn't great, and your eyes are still groggy. And yeah, you know, I mean, I, I've noticed as I get older, it, it takes it takes longer for my eyes to cooperate in the morning than than it used. To. You know, I I used to wake up and and you know my vision was perfect, and now it takes a little bit longer. Um, so we need to make sure that 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 our gear is going to support that because shooting is probably 99% visual. Um, So I think that's something we need to to be aware of. uh, And I'm going to say it, this is a great opportunity to ensure that you have a red dot object in your self-defense game. Um,
0: (laughs) So jokes aside, um, my red dot shooting probably also wouldn't have been perfect on the day but I think it would have been substantially better because my vision at distance was better than my vision near. Now I generally, and I've said this on the show before, I generally shoot target focused for everything, pretty much, I mean, there are some exceptions with really difficult shots and when the distance gets quite great. um, But I generally shoot target focused the target focus shooting with iron sights work for me because i can see the alignment of my iron sights to the target and
1: who's frozen
2: i think corn's frozen
0: at that distance if if everything is just just gone at that distance you can't re oh we we lost me there for a moment yeah we I'll pick up on that again. So as I said, my red dot shooting probably also wouldn't have been perfect on the day, but it would have been substantially better than I could do with iron sights. Um, now, I shoot almost everything target focused with iron sights, almost, there, like, so there, there are some notable exceptions when it's great target difficulty or great target distance, um, or my sights are covering a, and this is, Again, related to distance, but could be something really small but close. If my if my sights are covering a large percentage of the target area, I will front sight focus. It just makes it easier. The reason I can target focus for most things is because I can see my front to rear sight alignment and my front sight to target alignment in my peripheral vision. Um, So I'm not point shooting. I'm using my sights. I just don't see them as a hard outline. On Saturday, I was unable to do the fuzzy things with enough clarity that I could align them uh, to each other, top to bottom, equal height, equal light, and alignment to the targets were challenging because the front sight instead of, it it doesn't have a a hard outline, but it generally has a defined top of front post that I can see even when they're blurry in my peripheral when I'm shooting target focused. Uh, I didn't have that on Saturday. Um, I had a much bigger blob of yellow where the high front sight generally is. And that's what I had. I didn't have front sight, didn't have rear-sight. Um, and I, I can see the targets, but making that alignment happen was, was difficult. Red dots solve that to a great degree because they're focused at infinity and you stare at the target. And we don't really care if the dot is sharp or not. Um, if your eyes work, the dot will generally be sharp and your target focused, but that is less important with with the dots. Um you can you can float the blob over it and you should still be able to shoot to high accuracy to to, to high standard. Um so yeah. I genuinely think that a that a dot gun would have made Saturday easier.
1: I think so related to that and, and that ties in, you know, a lot of guys go on about how they don't use the sights, and I've I've long said awesome take a gun, knock the sights off and shoot and tell me how well that goes um, because I think often guys aren't aware of how much they may be target-focusing as opposed to point shooting because they're not necessarily the same thing. Um, and I think that also brings us to to some other issues that um, were sort of second-order uh, results of that. One, one, as I mentioned briefly earlier, I saw Korn make a lot more mistakes with his with his handling, not sort of dangerous stuff, but um but you know thing things like bobbled reloads, bobbled manipulations, um and and my theory is that was a result of of the sort of pressure of not being able to see and going, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck. Uh, and especially having something go wrong. So Oh shit! I've got to reload because I've now fired a whole lot of extra shots at that piece of steel. Um, and I think we can we can quite easily sort of extrapolate that into into a defensive sort of thing of you know that sort of pressure, something going wrong, and and our response to that being you know heightened. And and it's not that, can panicked and turned into a mindless idiot? It's just well, I mean he's the one already, but. It's just he made far more mistakes than he would normally. And 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 there's a there's a there's a valuable lesson in that because he's jokes aside, he's he's a relatively experienced shooter, he's a relatively high end shooter. He's not a dude who's shooting a hundred rounds a year through his gun and going, Well, now I'm good to go. So if if you're if you're listening to this and, and your base level of, of sort of firearm manipulation is at quite a sort of conscious competence level where you're having to think about how you're doing things. Um you need to take a very, very close look. Because here we have a guy who can do all of that stuff. And jokes aside, there was a, a situation where he had a malfunction. Um, he finished the study. Remembered the one and had zero recollection. Looked at me like I was lying to him um, about the other one until someone picked up the round off the ground. And and that's because he was he was focused. You know he was sort of focused at the at the problem at hand and, and, and sort of in the present. Um, but yeah, you've got a guy who's capable of fixing that problem without getting sort of consciously involved. If you aren't capable of fixing things like that without getting sort of consciously involved. What's gonna happen. Um, so I think there's a really good lesson in there about sort of training and manipulation and, and getting those skills uh, internalized, you know, sort of having automaticity on those sort of things. The 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 bigger concern, and and, and this is where it it kind of gets interesting, and, and I'm not I'm not casting aspersions, I'm not I'm not saying that, that dramatic changes need to happen, but it's something to be aware of. We make fun of him about it, but he carries a, a relatively low-capacity pistol. Um, and that, in and of itself, isn't a catastrophe. He shoots it well. It's a too-bad-guy gun. Um, but for me, watching from the outside, it, it was quite interesting to see how much less forgiving that became. You know, ooh, I carry a 10-shot gun. I shoot it really well, so... I'm better, you know. Like, and and and, and nothing's going to make up for skill. But I've got this. I've got this low capacity gun. I shoot it really well. Uh, so that makes up a little, you know. That that makes up. Um, and he generally does shoot it really well. But when things started suffering, he wasn't shooting it as well. Um, and now had a lot left, less of a safety margin. And then, kind of. The gods fucking with him even more. The manipulation side suffered. So, you know, there was some weirdly induced malfunctions. There was, um, you know, the 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 manipulations that were necessary sooner be, because of the nature of the gun. And, and as I say, I'm not I'm, I'm not making fun of the gun because I do love them, and I'm not saying that it's uh, necessarily a bad choice. It's just something we need to uh, we need to be aware of. So, the nature of the gun meant that he had to do manipulations sooner. The nature of the situation he was in and, and, and the difficulty he was having meant that those manipulations were substantially harder than they would have been ordinarily. And what happened as a result is there were more bobbled manipulations. There were more manipulations where there was a, a shooter-induced error that caused a malfunction or a dropped mag or something like that. So now you've got this sort of compounding, cascading issue of having gear that requires you to be running at a really high level and you not running at a high level. Uh, and <laughs> what, what this really is, is sort of a long roundabout way of saying that whatever gear you choose, and, and as we've discussed before, that that's going to have to fit into your reality. But whatever gear you choose, you need to ensure that it's going to be as as sort of manipulation-wise as robust as possible. When shit goes wrong, um, you know this was a pistol match, so something went wrong, and you know it it, it was a bad score in the scoring device, or or maybe your mates making a little bit of fun of you. Um, if this was a defensive situation, the pressure would have been turned up even more. The the, the potential for for those mistakes would would possibly have been increased over that, um, and the stakes would have been increased dramatically. So the the consequence of that manipulation going wrong would have been even worse than than what we had. Uh, so it's something we need to be aware of. We we need to we need to make sure that we're we're testing our gear for what happens when things go wrong. You know, if you're if you're carrying under a tucked-in shirt in that sort of environment, and you're discounting the one in five times your draw gets completely snagged up, and you end up grabbing a big handful of gun and shirt at the same time, you're doing yourself a disservice uh, because you're discounting. A very, you know, sort of viable and and, and possible scenario. What we were going to do with that is we we're going to go. How do I how do I mitigate that? How do I reduce the possibility of that happening as much as possible? Um, how do I adjust my 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 sort of my manipulations, my my particular skill set, that I can avoid that happening? Um, you know, is it is it that? Pocket carry might be the solution there, as, as something stupid. Is it is it where shirts are size size bigger, so there's a little bit more room to for them to move, or, or shirts are size smaller, so there's there's less to hook up. Um, I, I we can't give you that answer over uh, over your uh, your internet device, um, but what we can hopefully do is is get you to take that you know, take that gear and, and in dry practice, drill the fuck out of it. Um, and if you wear glasses, take your glasses off. Uh, you know, do do whatever you can to try and um, try and replicate things going wrong because dry fire is a really good place to, for that to happen. Um, you know, Practice sessions are a, are a relatively good place for that to happen. Matches are an interesting place for that to happen. Gunfights are a really bad place for that to happen. Uh, and you don't want to be in a situation where it happens in a fight for the first time and now you're trying to work out solutions to that problem.
2: Yeah, Thank so you. I'm going to just jump across a couple things. And I think if we start off with the fact that Corneille was able to subconsciously clear a malfunction. In other words, he didn't have to stop and think about it. That's actually a good thing. You know, if I think back to why I started sport shooting when I first started carrying a gun, it was so that my manipulations and general gun handling would be at a subconscious level where things would happen and I'd be able to manipulate and shoot the gun without consciously thinking about it, if that makes sense. So mm. in essence that Corneille having been able to do that was a really, really good thing. And, If we look at it from this perspective, not only do we want to make sure that our gear and equipment is going to work at the worst of times, we want to evaluate what are we going to be like and how are we going to function at the worst of times. So Kona had a really, really difficult day on the range because he couldn't see properly and that's really a horrible problem to have, especially shooting iron sights. I haven't had any of that before, but if I get migraines, the first thing that goes for me is my vision. And I've been at matches where that's happened before. And that is the most horrible position to be in because you know you can do it, but you simply can't get it to happen, you can't see what's going on. Um, So we want to make sure that what we're doing with that is not only making sure that our equipment's going to work at the worst of times, Is what are we going to do and how are we going to work at the worst of times.
0: So to, to make this a little bit worse um, because I had to think about this afterwards uh, when match pressure is a thing and I think we've mentioned in the past, it doesn't matter how good you are and it doesn't matter how seemingly insignificant the match is. Um, the desire to do well if you are a shooter who takes it seriously is great. So you take them seriously and you want to perform and when that doesn't work out, uh it 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 fucks with your mental game it it's not good for you, so a couple of days afterwards, I could sit down and I could think about some of this stuff and this is not the match um this is before the match leading up to the match um I went to go test some bullets uh, some zero mic stuff exciting stuff coming. you guys don't know um I went to go test some bullets and I ended up with some issues on one of my competition guns. Uh, so I ended up shooting my carry gun, which is the same gun that I ended up shooting in this match. Um, I shot quite a lot of ammo through it on that day. Um, it was sort of relatively speaking for poor guys who don't generally shoot their carry, I think I shot like 500 rounds through it, or something like that. Um, I knew that my accuracy was not what it should be. Um, I, I could tell that I wasn't I knew I was having eye issues before it got as bad as it got. Because up to about 12 meters, I could shoot spectacular groups. Um, And coincidentally, 12 meters is sort of the point where I start needing sights. So up to about 12 meters, I I can reasonably well, with body alignment to static targets, shoot centered and shoot to pretty good groups beyond that, that starts falling apart and I need a little bit more sites in target focus. So blurry sights, but I need more sights in order to make that happen. And I could shoot well up to 12 meters and everything beyond that was bad. Um, and I noticed that in the day I didn't pay much attention to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I then also, and this is, this is on recollection. Uh, so sort of thinking about it afterwards, uh, after the match happened, the so my carry 1911 was having issues with the extractor, which it would run the first mag flawlessly upon trying to fire the last round in the first mag going to slide lock, um, which is something I often do when I'm shooting classic guns in matches. It wouldn't successfully extract, that would cause an issue with the reload. And then, because of my fucked up manipulation of the guns on the day. I would make the the malfunction worse instead of fixing it every time, immediately. I did fix all of them, but I would make it worse and then fix it, which is not great. Um, Except for maybe the one that I don't remember, which would be interesting. Uh, I think that the extractor problems were already happening on the day that I went to go shoot that 500 rounds, thinking back. But because I was having issues and I wasn't as focused as I would normally be, I think I ignored them. So it's, it's, I don't think it wasn't that I, I don't think it was that I didn't know the gun was having issues. I think it was, I was mentally blocking it out because I wasn't paying attention. And thinking back post-match, the mind went, dude, there was some weird stuff in that 500 rounds. Not consistently weird stuff where you go, this gun doesn't work but there was some stuff that was happening that doesn't normally happen. That should have been a clue to something is wrong and this thing needs to be fixed. Um, I carried that gun another five days or something leading up to this match before we ran into the problems and I'm not currently carrying it. I believe I've solved the problem, but I haven't tested it until it's been tested. It hasn't been fixed. Um, so I'm carrying something else. Um, so that's something else that's important. There were some some great failures during the match on my part, but because of some physical issues and some some difficulties, there were some failures on my part leading up to this match that I don't think would normally happen um, mm-hmm. because I'm normally quite. Uh, when I go and shoot guns, I generally do a a round of firearm testing too because I carry 1911s. Um, there there is maintenance required and there is. Routine testing required to make sure that they're in an operational condition. And I think I just ignored the signs,
1: um,
0: which is bad.
1: I think it was related to that and, and, and it's something we need to be very careful of is self-delusion. Um, Corn and I had a bit of a robust debate on the range where I'm like, dude, your gun's not fucking working. And Cornell is like, no, it's fine. I showed it the other day and I'm like, dude, your gun is not fucking working. And he's like, no, it's fine. I showed it the other day. It must be the ammo, the mags, the face of the moon. Uh, you know, I put the wrong my socks on the wrong feet or whatever. Uh, and that's a common thing where, where the gun gives shit and we immediately go, no, it, it, it can't be that my gun's giving shit because it's always worked. And, and Korn's lightweight commander generally runs like a fucking stabbed rat. Um, but... As, as as we determined after the match there was an issue um, and that was that was causing a lot of the issues he was dealing with um, at the time of the match but we need to be careful of guessing if if, if your gun starts giving shit um, with your reloads that generally work fine pull out a box of fucking factory ammo and shoot it um because you want to take away as many variables as possible. Uh, don't just assume that all of a sudden this box of reloads out of the, the, the batch that I've been shooting that have been hundreds, th- this box must be bad. That's why my gun's not working. It might be your gun. It might be your magazines. It, it, it could be a couple of facets. Uh, so it, it, it's important to be realistic with yourself as well, um, and to not delude yourself, to not to not immediately assume that uh, that there must be an explanation that fits what I want it to be. And and we're all guilty of this. You know, we, we're using the Corne example, and as once again, I'm really glad that he's, he's happy to kind of um, you know bear this thing because there's a whole lot of stuff, and it, uh, you know, it, it sounds like we're being negative about it, and we're not. Um, we negative about him the rest of the time, but it's it's it, it's really important that that we look at things like this and and we we are realistic because we've all we've all done the oh, fuck I had a malfunction today, but it was it was probably the ammo. Um, you know, yes, if it's if it's your fucking bucket of rejects, that's one thing. If it's out of your case gauge, sort of. Checked ammo, and all of a sudden you've had a malfunction, especially with a carry gun. You know, it also applies to a match gun with a match coming up, but especially with a carry gun, uh, then we need to start having a look. Um, you know what what is causing the problem, um, and and how am I going to fix that? Uh, so I think I, I think that's that's one of the lessons out of this. As I say, I, I think another big lesson out of this is we need to make sure that our, our gear. Is not just viable when things go optimally. Um, you know that. That's not to say that you know if, if, if your situation requires that you have a fucking Ruger LCP under your cap because that's all you can carry at work. Well, then it is what it is. Um, but sometimes it might be that that you just couldn't be bothered, or that you think this gun looks cooler, or you like the grips on this gun. Um, and and we could find ourselves dealing with something that that's not as optimal uh, when things don't work um, you know some sometimes that that soulless plastic people popper that that brings absolutely no joy but that runs like a sewing machine might be the viable thing to lug around with us because if shit goes wrong um it's one less thing to be fighting against. You know, if this is a defensive gun and you're using this for real, you have enough things fighting against you that your own your your, your gear should be supporting you. It, it shouldn't be fighting you. Uh, and and we've discussed guns, but that could that could be holsters, mag pouches, what the fuck ever, the shoes you wear to work. Um, you know, it's all stuff we need to try and try and make viable for our, our reality.
0: Absolutely. I'm, I'm usually on top of that stuff. Um, I don't usually write off malfunctions as it was just the way the wind blew um, because they can be deadly I and mean, it could kill you if that your carry gun. Uh, like I said, I think that the lack of ability to focus plus the, the headaches and stuff was uh, making me just go, uh, no, it's got to be something else, um, which is not typically like me, but We had that discussion, and like I said, thinking about it afterwards, the gun was giving me signs that I ignored, that I wouldn't normally ignore. Um, And that's part of the important lesson here. Um, I love the gun that I usually carry, and I will probably go back to carrying that once my eyes return to normal um, and once I've had a chance to test it thoroughly and make sure that it, it, it functions. Um, Until that happens, I will not be carrying that. Um, 1911s, and I love them dearly, my favorite platform to shoot, my preferred platform to carry, and will probably remain that way for the foreseeable future, even though there might be sort of intermissions away from it because of problems. They are unforgiving on maintenance. They are unforgiving on lubrication, They can be unforgiving on ammo. They're certainly in 9 more unforgiving on on magazines. Um, And as T said, being lower capacity, those critical manipulations that you need uh, are going to happen sooner and more often. So if things aren't working out because you're having a bad day or something's gone wrong or whatever, uh, the gun is going to be massively punishing on you. Um, Not in terms of shooting it, but everything else you're going to have to reload it more often if you induce malfunctions or there's something wrong with the gun and it does malfunction um you're going to spend a lot more time clearing that because in something like a glock the odds of so the odds of you introducing a malfunction while shooting a glock is substantially lower than the odds of you doing that shooting something like a 1911. Um, you stick your thumbs on the slide of 1911 too hard you're probably going to cause some form of problem. You do that with a Glock, it's probably just going to go, yeah. You know, I'll cycle a little bit slower for this one, but it'll still go. <laughs> so uh, they're they're highly forgiving in in general, um, especially the double stack end. Uh, so yeah, important carry considerations. Uh, I suggest that you guys take some time to, to revisit your carry stuff. Uh, if you haven't shot it in a while, be sure to go and shoot it, test it. Even if it is a Glock, still needs to get tested every now and then to make sure things are, are in working order. Um, and ideally try and shoot them under less than ideal circumstances. Now, don't mace yourself so that you can simulate my eye issues and shoot that way. Uh, you're but you no, to mace you. Yeah, yes, <laughs> oh. I, I, I agree with that. Um, but maybe do things like uh shooting weekend slightly more often. Um, practicing weekend is really important for competition. It's probably way down the list in terms of carry gun skill, but you are far more likely to induce issues with your firearms while shooting them weekend only. So that's a good way to test them and make sure that they're forgiving enough of the way that you grip the gun, the, the way you manipulate the trigger, that they'll work when you need them to.
1: Um. I think some other lessons out of this is, <laughs> you know, there's there's two ways you can look at Corneau's match last Saturday. You could go, fuck, what a waste of time. He, you know, he, did, he didn't necessarily have a good time shooting a match. He spent the whole day at a match and he, he didn't get any of the results he wanted, which I think is the wrong way to look at it. Um it's also you can also look at it and go, fuck what? How much info did did Korn get and and by extension anyone who was there and who paid attention or anyone who's drunk and listened to the show? Um but how much info came out of what from a match point of view was a somewhat shitty day for him? Um but it was a it was a very educational day there was a there was a lot of there was a lot of stuff that we can we can sit and work through and and learn from and and that's not to say we have to change everything that we do it, it, it what it is to say is that we need to be aware of deluding ourselves we need to be aware of of going well this thing's fine because when I do X it works all right um, we need to 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 Test our carry gear hard. Go do, you know, at the very least, go do go do Ken Hackathorn's wizard drill. Um, if you can't pass the wizard drill with your carry gear, you need to start looking at that. And that's a two and a half second part time. It's a strong hand only three meter shot to the head, um, and and sort of a four inch circle in the head. A, a strong hand or freestyle um, five meter shot to the head. Uh, a 7-metre uh, shot to the head and then at 10 meters, two shots to the body. Um, and that's done, ideally done cold with your carry gun in your carry holster with your carry ammo. Um, and if you can't pass that sort of basic standard, um, I, I would severely start looking at, at, at changing shit up until you can. Um, you know, it's, it, it's a... It, it's it's a small one. That's a five-round one, and, and and that. But we need to be we need to be seeing what we can do with this gear. We need to be seeing what's going to hold us up. Uh, shooting a match with your carry gun from time to time is a really good idea. Um, it's going to put you under about as much pressure as you can artificially, um, and that's where we can start discovering what what goes wrong. You know what what's different between the Shadow 2 you shoot competition with and, you know, the freaking G26 that you carry. Um, You know, there's going to be differences and we we can't necessarily expect our carry gun to perform like a competition gun because, uh, you know, the the things that make a great carry gun or a great competition gun often don't make for a great carry gun. Um, But we need to be making sure that that carry gun can fulfill its job. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go to a, a rifle match with my shadow um, because it's not going to be able to do the job. That doesn't make it a shit pistol uh, or a shit firearm. In fact, uh, that's that's about as far away from the truth as you can get. It's a great firearm, but it's not a good rifle, um, and it's a really terrible shotgun. Uh, and 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 that's the same thing with you, with your carry gun, but. You do need to see what it's capable of doing. You do need to you do need to shoot it um, under as realistic sort of conditions as you can. And go, is this going to be good enough? And and if if your performance when everything goes well is either just good enough or uh, probably not good enough. Then you you need to you need to make some changes, not only necessarily to your gear, but most likely to to how you are practicing and, and and what you do. Um, and as I say, to me, on an IDPA target, an IPSC target, with a with a carry gun doing a carry drill, if, if if I've got shots in the in the C or the D zone, I consider them misses. I don't I don't I I don't consider those. Oh, that's all right, it's a Charlie. I I look at that and go fuck. I missed that shot. Um, so I, I don't expect to be able to do it as fast as I can with my competition gun. I don't expect to be able to do it at the same at, at, as well at the same distances as my carry gun. Um, but if I'm if I'm standing on my hind legs and, and shooting a group at twenty twenty five meters, I need to be able to shoot a reasonable group. Uh, and and if I'm I'm drawing at five meters, I, I need to be able to put the rounds. Exactly where I want them to on on demand, um, so that if things do suffer under pressure, uh, and I get that that sort of C zone shot, um, at least I've got that hit. Uh, so that that's kind of where I see that as as a as a mistake without a too severe a consequence, um, as opposed to to looking at it and going, well, that's okay. It would have hit him in the spleen some of the bullshit I've seen people sprout to themselves.
2: Um, If I can add on to that, what we want to do is get our equipment to a point where it's going to enhance our opportunities to come out best in a gunfight. And at the same time, what we want to be doing is making sure that we can utilize that equipment to best endorse our outcome in a fight. So... What I would encourage anybody to do, if you can't do high round counts on the range, that's fine. Get out as often as you can, work the fundamentals, and then what you can do is you want to get those repetitions up on those fundamental skills and how you're going to manipulate that equipment. There's nothing wrong with doing that in drive-by. In fact, that's probably going to fast-track a lot of that learning for you to make all of those things become subconscious. The minute you have to think about some sort of manipulation Consciously, it's, it's going to slow you down. It's going to take your attention away. It's just going to deteriorate your entire, air quotes, performance during that entire scenario.
1: I think I think that's a really good point. And, you know, I, I, I'm sure we've discussed in the show before, but it's a really good idea if you go to the range and you're going to do a practice session with your sport gun, um, finish it off with some rounds you your carry gun. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be a huge amount. It can be 50 rounds. Fuck, it can be 25 rounds, um, as long as they're productive rounds. But, but finish that session off with some time spent shooting the gun you carry. Uh, and that'll often benefit your shooting with a competition gun. Um, and you're going to have those repetitions and, and those opportunities to test is your gun coming out of the carry holster or are you, as I had someone on a course a little while ago, draw drew their gun really aggressively and ended up pointing a nine mil holster at a target. Um, it's funny when it happens on the range, but it's not so good in a fight, but at least if it happens on a range, you immediately know that the only acceptable metal clips are the DCC clips. Um, and that you need to you need to change out your gear so that it's going to work for that sort of thing. So,
0: a couple of last things before we move on to to T's observations with some stuff he's been working with. Um, the first one, my eyes will be fine. This is a temporary condition. They will, they have been improving. Eventually, the muscle will come out of spasm and my eyesight will return to what it once was. Uh, this is not a permanent thing. The thing to remember though, this is this was rapid onset. Um, I noticed it going backwards over a three week period. And I only noticed, I think because I was starting to pay attention then because I was doing some, some complex work that required more concentration. Um, I think if I wasn't paying attention to that, we could have ended up in that position where I couldn't see my sights without me actually realizing that we'd gone there. Um, which is one of the reasons why I'm going to say daily, even though that's not possible for everyone, but daily manipulation of your firearms is important, Um, including things like drawing to sight picture. That'll help you identify when this sort of thing is happening to you and it could happen to any of us at any point in time um, so that you can address it. Uh, it might be a good idea for guys who are aging um, or guys who spend long hours in front of computers like I do where this is more likely to happen. Um, it may be a good idea to start investing in a dot gun now so that if this sort of thing happens, you have a dot gun to fall back on if you aren't making that your primary carry already. Um, realize that dot guns are going to require some work to fix things like drawers, and presentations. So start putting the work early so that you have the, the the manipulations and and the actions down when you potentially need them. Um, Next thing, Corn shot his single stack, 1911, blind from concealment against dudes shooting race guns in open and he wasn't lost. So (laughs) as bad as my day was, I did not enjoy it. I didn't have fun. I truly did not want to be there. Um, I am thankful that I decided to go. I am thankful that I decided to shoot my carry gear instead of trying to shoot competition gear because of all the things we've learned. And we, because of all the things I've learned and by extension, T has learned by, by observing me. And by extension of that, everyone else listening to this podcast has gotten some insight into by sharing that. Um, so despite the fact that I didn't have fun, it was not a wasted day, It uh, taught us a lot, including the fact that even when I suck, I don't suck too hard. Um, and that's not an endorsement of me going, I'm, I'm happy with my performance. I'm deeply disappointed, but it wasn't my base skill has risen enough that there are a lot of people who would be happy with the outcome That I had in the day, despite me being deeply unhappy with my own performance. Um, So last thing before we move on to T's thing, if you guys want to do a, uh, a pistol course to failure with your carry gear, hit me and T up. I'm pretty sure we could put something together um, where we can test your carry gear to failure. Um, So we can, we can do some stuff um, to, to help you identify some, some issues in what you're carrying and, and, and how you're carrying it what you're doing. Um, that'll probably be a reserved class for guys who've already gone through at least level one with T. Uh, because we'll have to know that you're safe and we can't teach you to shoot on the day we'll we'll be testing shit. Um,
1: and, and and for the record, I had a great time at Saturday's match. So I I had all the fun in the fucking world.
2: You had so much fun that you got like the combined thingy. Dude. <laughs> <laughs>
0: T1 combined, because I was having a bad day and Gaz wasn't there. (laughs) No, I'm joking. T only one of those
1: things is true. Um,
0: (laughs) You had a spectacular match, dude. The the little bit that I could see of it. uh, (laughs) It You had to stand
2: back to see it.
0: (laughs) Jesus, dude. I did notice the, the one mic that T shot for the entire match. Um, I noticed that it was a mic. Uh, it took me like probably three seconds to realize what had happened because my eyes were just like, I expected to see something happening on the target somehow and I didn't see that, but like, I, I'm not sure.
1: <laughs> like that, that one I knew was a mic immediately, but I was moving too fast to fucking worry. Oh yeah, you,
0: you were gone while I was trying to process <laughs> what the fuck was <laughs> happening. You were shooting the last targets on the stage on the other side. Uh, so you had a spectacular match too.
2: It's looked
0: good. We should have videoed it for the grams, but the Rona.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Um, Yeah, a couple of observations I've had as well. I I spent a fair amount of time in December sort of shooting my carry gun um, because I wasn't really happy with what I was doing with it. Once again, it's not that I was shooting it terribly, I just wasn't doing with it what, I, what I'd what i like to be able to do with it. Um, and I've made a couple of changes now that, that do seem to have helped it. Um, two of my big observations out of this was uh, on, on the one side, I I hadn't shot my shadow for at least a month, probably over a month. Um, in fact, I hadn't looked at it. I, I uh, in, in December, uh, put it in the safe, and uh, I think the day before the, the match last weekend, I thought I'd better take this to the range and see if it still fires. Um, and the time I'd spent shooting the harder-to-shoot gun had definitely translated um, from a shooting point of view to the other gun. Uh, some of the stuff I hadn't practiced was had suffered a little bit. Um, my my jaw wasn't wasn't really where I wanted it to be, um, but but the the skills I had been practicing had definitely translated uh, to the other gun, um, and that's going to work both ways. You know, if you if you if you're spending a lot of time on the easier to shoot gun. It's still going to make you better with a harder to shoot gun, just not as much better. Um, so, if you are one of those gamers who uh, has a, comp- you know, ha- shoot, has the competition gun and then has a carry gun that you don't really shoot very much, maybe consider a, a session or two with the carry gun. Not just to make you better with it, but also because it could very well make you better with your carry gun, I mean, with your competition gun. Um, because they're harder to shoot, because they're less forgiving, um, it's going to allow you to to kind of improve improve your skill set in general. Um, I, uh, a buddy of mine who's a, a multiple-time uh, Austrian production champion, uh, Boschko is a very very high-end shooter, and he's made the observation to me as well. Um, that he quite likes the idea of shooting different guns at different times. So, not just, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I shoot whatever, I, I shoot a, a, a classic SIG. Um, so, you know, I compete with a 226 and I carry a 228, and the only guns I, 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 I ever sort of touch are, are this sort of style of gun. Um, I think if, you, if you're starting out, it, it makes a lot of sense to spend a lot of time on one gun so you can work on you. Um, I think as a, as a more experienced shooter, I think you will improve your skill set um, with a little bit of diversity uh, and and shooting slightly different guns, because it requires um, a little bit of concentration and it requires you to be present. Uh, if you're shooting the same gun all the time, you 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 can end up with automatic, you know, with with fantastic automaticity, um, but you you may not you may not be developing your fundamental skills. You, you you may be getting that those sort of repetitions in that 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 make your your skills really good with that gun, but you may not be improving your fundamentals. You you, you may just be, be improving your actual your your ability to execute. Uh, and I think by by shooting some slightly different guns from time to time, uh, I think you can definitely improve that. That fund that fundamental skill set, because you've got to apply them. If if for example you shoot a uh, you know you you shoot a twenty eleven all the time, um, and then you put on a carry gun which happens to be a thirty eight revolver or a po seven or something, um, that gun's going to be harder to shoot, uh, and you're going to have to apply your fundamentals better, Um, you know, it's going to be less forgiving of of weaknesses in those fundamentals. Uh, And I found after after sort of a month of of the only pistol I really shot was my G48, um, which is not quite a Shadow 2 to shoot. Uh, When I picked up the Shadow 2, everything came easier. Um, Because it's an easier gun to shoot, but because I'd had a chance to sort of exercise my fundamentals.
2: If we jump in there with what you're saying, T, where shooting the 48 for a month helped you with the Shadow 2, that's great and it's really good because you also worked on your, your carry gun game, for lack of a better term. The problem that we're going to see with a lot of competition shooters who just carry their competition gun, when it comes time to carry their smaller, more convenient to carry carry gun, um, your ability to apply yourself to that gun In an environment where you're going to need that gun, which is a defensive situation, your accuracy requirement is much, much higher than what it could ever be in a sporting event. No, sporting event, you hit a miss, it goes on a piece of paper. Defense, like we've said, it it doesn't go on a piece of paper. That's got consequences to it. It's -hmm. got very, very, very high consequences to it. So if we think about it from this point of view, what we want to be doing is, like you said, we want to be working on both, but understand that when we go from a nice competition gun that's easy to shoot to our carry gun, we are required to be better marksmen with that in the environment that we're going to need it. That's from from where I'm going to be seeing it from.
1: And, and with a gun that's almost definitely harder to shoot as well.
2: Oh yeah, for sure.
0: So uh, something to remember there is um, it. mics on defensive targets do go on a piece of paper. Both competition and defensive have scored errors. It's just in competition it goes in practice score a piece of paper that's a score sheet. Uh, for defensive stuff it goes in a charge sheet because you're hitting something in the background that really does not need to be hit. Um, And we we need to remember that 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 is the reality. Um, They don't look at it and go, well, you were defending yourself and that innocent person in the background that you hit was collateral damage. Uh, You are ultimately and absolutely responsible for the rounds that you send uh, in in a defensive encounter, even when your life is in danger. Uh, You endangering someone else. Simply because your life is in danger is not going to go down well uh, in in our legal system yeah the the consequences of not doing what you need to do in a defensive shoot is much greater than it is in a competition, and the ultimate accuracy standard we need to hold ourselves to is much greater um, and you need to you need to train for that uh, and you need to use. Realistic, uh, realistic-ish targets. So you want to shoot humanoid targets for your defensive stuff. Um, but you also need to, on those humanoid targets, use realistic scoring areas um, for grading your performance. Uh, the zero down circle is typically not the best representation of marksmanship for defensive stuff uh it's it's usually too long too low down the body and is potentially a little bit too large for for what you're actually aiming for uh ultimately
1: yeah you know, it's it i did a i did a a, a dangerous game um, sort of rifle course the other day which was very cool <laughs> and very interesting um and uh, I learned a hell of a lot because it, it once again took me out of my, my comfort zone and made me deal with a, a very different gun to what I shoot normally because you can't quad load a cz 5 and 9.3 by 62. I tried. It doesn't work. Um, <laughs> but one of one of the, the many standouts, but an interesting standout for me was uh, the the instructor pointing out that, that if you're trying to stop a... a, a charge almost any charging animal be it a, a lion a buff a, a hippo a, a, a heffalump um, you, you're for all intents and purposes trying to hit a grapefruit grapefruit sized target um, and interestingly if you're trying to stop you know instantly stop a, an aggressive human you're trying to hit a grapefruit sized target um, so it was interesting to me that that no matter the size of the animal, we were looking at sort of similar targets. And you know, if, if you've got a, if if you've ever been close to Cape Buffalo or a hippo, it's a big fucking scary animal. Um, and if you want to stop that thing squishing you, you've got to you, you've got to exhibit some some pretty serious marksmanship. Um, and while they don't shoot bullets at you, they move really, really fast, and they have sharp, pointy bits, um, and and you know, sort of ten of you in muscle. Um, so it, it was an interesting sort of observation. That yeah, I, I agree with Corn, Like the, the zero points down zone, the A zone on, on, on a target, that to me is the absolute outer limits of of sort of acceptable um, hits. Uh, we, we are ideally trying to be able to hit grapefruit-sized targets, um, and that can be really challenging with with, with some of the guns guys carry. Uh, so we need to we need to understand that. And, and we've discussed this on the show before. I understand a hundred percent if if your work environment is such that your only option is an LCP in your front pocket. Um, I understand that completely and I'm much, much happier for you to have that than to have a 20 shot pistol at home in the safe. But you need to understand if you're carrying that sort of gun, A, it's a lot harder to shoot. Um, Your accuracy standard doesn't become easier. If anything, it becomes harder. Uh, Your manipulations become a lot more difficult and your manipulations come sooner and are more likely to be necessary. Um, you know your chances of either having to clear a malfunction or, 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 or do something with a six-shot pocket pistol is dramatically higher than they are with a, a, a full-size, you know, quality service pistol. That's not to say that that's not a useful tool. It's to say you need to understand that tool and its limitations. And I, and I think that's. That's probably the gist of, of what we've discussed this this show more than anything, is understanding your limitations and the limitations of your gear, uh, and and doing what you can to to make that to make to, to still make you and the gear combination viable.
0: Kaz, is there anything you want to touch on, dude? Is anything no, no. we've skipped over, any questions you have, any, anything?
2: No, nothing at all, dude. Sure. So I've actually, I've actually had an opportunity to learn a lot tonight.
0: Yeah. It's, as I said, I don't view Saturday's match as a waste of time. Um, I think yeah. it was a truly valuable learning experience, uh, both in first person, me doing the stuff and in third person for the guys who were watching and paying attention who I suspect was just T um, based on some of the reactions when the dudes were like, um, why do you look a little bit down? It's like, I can't fucking see. <laughs> <laughs> this is not what we normally see you shooting. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, fact. Um, I'm glad you can see that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Cause I can't. Um, yeah. It, I am really glad that I went. Um, sometimes toughing out the stuff that you know is going to suck and that you truly don't want to do uh, is worth it, even if it's just for the learning experience. Yeah. Um, so do that. As long as you can be safe, as long as you can do it safely. If if there's going to be any questions about uh, you performing actions safely, um, maybe don't do it. But. Exactly. Oh, cool stuff. Gaz, do you want to lead us out yes, and uh, yes, we'll get yes, tea yes, to, uh...
2: All right. Okay. So we we're very happy with all of the support and listeners and questions and and feedback that we're getting on the Facebook page and on Instagram and all of that. So we appreciate everyone who's been listening to the show, um, everyone who's subscribed, and if you wouldn't mind, please leaving us a rating. As always, it's a minimum of five stars to get into the club. We appreciate it. <laughs>
1: um, a quick thank you to uh, our sponsors at Zero Mike Bullets. Um, by the time you're listening to the show, the website should be live, so go buy some bullets. And if you uh, before you buy the bullets, if you have a little chat with Gaz, you might even save yourself a, a rant or two. Um, and on that... Later, losers.